another episode of That's Fried, the podcast, brought to you by Fried Magazine and hosted by me, Anya McIntyre. I'm joined today by Limerick entrepreneur, chef and author, Owen Sheehan, who chats about his experience with starting a business at just the young age of 18 and how he has grown it to what it is today. You're very welcome to the That's Fried podcast, Owen. Thanks a million for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I think, I suppose we'll just get straight into the questions. I think for me, like one of the most interesting things about you and your success in cooking is that you didn't actually study culinary arts or anything. You did in- engineering or something, was it right? So yeah, how, yeah, how did the cooking come about story, then? Yeah, yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a chemical and biochemical engineer. Uh, never studied cooking. I, I, I always kind of say this. I never did home ec or I never did business when I was in school. Um, I was good at my hands and I was good at maths and, and the sciences. So... To be honest, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I just kind of followed what I was good at and, and career guidance were kind of just like, yes, you were obviously have strengths in, in engineering and your hands and you're good at math. So, you know, you should probably go and do this if you don't know, if you don't know what you want to do. Um, and it wasn't until I got to college that I, that I realized that I liked cooking, to be honest. I always did it very passively. I did it just to get by. Um, and it was very much a scenario of, you know, that was my that was from sport and from, from health and fitness was, was why I was cooking. I was just feeding myself. Um, never intended to feed anybody else or, 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 or do anything with it, but it was just a case where I would always prep my own meals um, because I, I was training rugby at a pretty high standard. And, and to be honest, that's what I thought I was going to do. Um, I thought I would play rugby for the rest of my life. Or I thought, you know, eventually I'll get picked up by someone uh, and that's going to be my job. So everything I was doing was just to facilitate that, and I would prep my own meals uh, in inside Newell, inside with my friends, live with my friends, just cook, eat dinners, box them up, put them in the fridge. Still, I still do it to stay, uh, and that's my dinners in for the next day or the day after in work. Uh, and a friend came to me and he said, "Listen, I'm I'm working in a factory down the road. I work twelve-hour shift work. You know, would you do that for me? I, I hate cooking. I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight, uh, and I'm spending loads of money on dinners in the canteen." So initially, I was like, not a hope, man. I was like, just, just make your own food or just buy the food. Like, I don't have time. I was like, I'm trying to be an engineer. I'm training twice a day. Uh, I was like, I, I don't even cook. And then he was like, I'll give you a tenner a meal. And I was like, hold on a second. Like, tenner a meal, five meals, 50 euro. I goes, that could be really handy for Thursday night. I was only 18. Um, so I was like, yeah, go on, we'll do it. So, so I was just cooking an extra five dinners of my own dinners. Um, and I kind of like indirectly was marketing. I was using Instagram just to put up photos, very harmless photos, like, oh, five dinners. Well, this is my dinner for the week or this is the recipe. And then another friend was like, geez, I'll do the same. I was like, okay, hold on, 10 dinners at 10 euros. I guess 100 euros. I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, and I was literally just using this for Thursday nights out in college. Uh, and it just really, really organically snowballed from there. And I, I, I did like food. I liked cooking and I loved cooking shows. And I was interested in it, to be honest. Um, and it just it just really organically grew. So you know, five became ten, became twenty, became thirty, became forty, and it got to stage where I was doing like sixty, seventy meals at home, um, not knowing what I was doing. It was all so new. I mean, like, and I I was very open with that at the time. I was like, Jesus, this is insane. I have no idea what I'm doing here. I'm just cooking loads of dinners, um, and it was like from my own home, housing my kitchen. You know, it was just prepackaged stuff, and I was hand delivered to the door. And but for them, you know, it was it was convenience. It was time back in the day it was healthy food so they were healthier so it, it was you know started by accident on accident um and then the more i did that the more i realized how much i enjoyed it because i would do all that cooking and i would do the business 
And then I would go to college to be the engineer and I hated it. I wasn't good at it. I didn't enjoy it. It didn't excite me. And I would go home and I would do this, you know, really exciting business that I loved. So that was the eye opener for me to be like, okay, there's definitely something here. It's working, number one. Number two, I really enjoy it. Uh, so then it was like really small steps. Okay, like how can I do more? How can I reach more people? And and I was very fortunate at the time, you know, social media was was just starting Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Ireland's really good for word of mouth. When I, I'm from a small village out in, out in West Limerick, Palace Kennery, uh, and even in the, in the surrounding areas, like people talk. If, if, if a young fella is talking to his phone and cooking dinners, people are going to find out. Uh, and then, you know, people are very good to support and, 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 and generous with their time and money. So, um, yeah, I suppose long story short, that's I accidentally fell into cooking. But then the more I did it, the more I studied, the more I learned, the more I, I dedicated time to, to make sure I could do a good job. Uh, and then, you know, it's been the case ever since. It's just continuously learning and then trying to get better at my own craft. Yeah. And, you know, when you did start it, like, I mean, like you said, you were only about 18 and you were... You know, it was great getting the money and stuff. Did you think yeah. at the start that like this was just going to be kind of like a short term thing you do while you're in college, or were you like, I really like this, I actually think I want to make a business of this, like right from the start? Yeah, um, oh, I, I definitely not from day one. I never thought it would be what I do. I think, you know, at the start it was grand. It was a kind of money making business. I always, I always did want to do something with health and fitness. I thought I'd be a PT or personal trainer. And that's kind of what I started. And that's where the Instagram page, when I started doing more stuff on Instagram, that was the idea was to do more fitness stuff. Um, and then I would post some food stuff and the food stuff would, would get a good reaction. So I was kind of like, hold on a second, like I'm posting loads about training, but the food stuff really takes um, interest. So then it was a case of like, okay, that might be my area. That might be what I do. Um, but at the start, no, I, 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 I didn't know, to be honest. Um, I knew... I didn't like engineering and then it was a case of you know accidentally like okay I, I enjoy this like this there could be something here and I suppose it wasn't until a couple of months in where things were getting busy um, and you know orders were increasing and there was a little bit of a buzz and then I was like Jesus I mean I, I was only afraid to say it out loud but like there actually might be something here um, I didn't know what that was you yeah. know again I never knew I never studied business or anything like that um, and like, nor did I believe that it, it would become to what it is today. But it was literally just really small, gradual, incremental steps. You know, like let's make ten meals, twenty meals. You know, let's find another person. Um, let's start an Instagram page. Let's start a YouTube channel. Let's start a Facebook. Let's reach out to different companies to see if we can do catering for them. So that's always been the case, and it's still to this day. Like I would still keep that kind of mindset of, you know, let's just incrementally grow and grow and, and not run before we can walk. Um, and again, like, you know, it takes an awful lot of, you know, maybe confidence or, or, or balls to go to a company yeah. and say, oh, yeah, is there any catering there? When it's literally, I would say, oh, like, I have a team and a kitchen where it was just me at home with man, like, um, <laughs> I, 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 I talked and talked for many years and I've, I think I've eventually caught up to that talk now, thankfully. <laughs> I don't have to lie about it anymore. <laughs> Um, I think as well, like for entrepreneurs, like one of the biggest challenges is finding like the time and the money to actually set up a project. Like, did you have trouble with this or was it the type of thing that like it was kind of paying for itself almost like? Yeah, a time, time is obviously the biggest thing. Money wise, it's not, it doesn't cost much to start, you know. You know, it, it was, it was very simply the case of buy the ingredients yeah. and, and sell, sell them. But like, 
even back then, like my margins were much better back then because I was, I didn't know, I was like, grand, 10 hour meal. Like when you come to market, 10 hour meal is too much for a dinner, unfortunately. So like our prices have gone down with the volume that we've given. Yeah. Um, but at the time, no, money was never really, it was never a concern. And not that we were making huge money, but we weren't spending huge money. It was actually like... Yeah, I suppose five, looking at like the nature of the business in a way that it's it doesn't need a huge like startup cost, just the price of... Exactly, yeah. No, obviously when things got bigger and we needed a kitchen that was the first yeah. stage where we ever had to look look at money um but other than that it was like grand buy the ingredients uh, and we would nearly pre-sell the meal so we'd have the money before we'd even buy the ingredients so it, it was it was it was paying for itself at the beginning to a certain stage um but the time was huge the time time commitment was was it, you couldn't put a price on that you know yeah. um and you know, especially with a, especially with a startup business you can't really you should factor in time as a wage but you can't because i was getting up at 4 35 a.m i would cook all the meals i would box them put them in the fridge go to college all day study to be an engineer come home deliver the meals then i would do the marketing do the admin do the tracking and then repeat that and it was like 16 17 18 hour days so you couldn't look at that on paper and justify a business but it was always a case of like, okay, just get through this slog now at the moment. And as we grow, things get easier. Um, so there's always been, and, and listen, being self-employed or, or entrepreneurship will always have a big time dependency. Um, at the early stages anyway, as it grows, then you know you need to be self-aware enough to, to watch your time. Um, because you know time is incredibly valuable in the business, whereas I spent so long working in the business in the early days, I could never work on the business, if that makes sense. So, yeah, okay. you know, I was yeah. I was in the kitchen, I was doing delivering, I was doing the admin. And then it was just this, this vicious circle of we n- n- nothing was ever worked on the business. We couldn't explore more avenues because all of my time was in it. Uh, and it wasn't until that was highlighted to me by, by an advisor, he was like, you need to step out a bit and you need to work on it. So then, you know, that was when we first brought in our first employee. We got a chef, he went into the kitchen, um, and that freed up eight hours of my day, you know, eight, maybe nine hours of my day. And and those eight hours then could be used elsewhere to work on marketing or to work on new products. And then that brought in more business, which brought in more meals, which generated revenue, which paid for the employees. So it is this, you know, it, it's it's hard to see it when you're in it. But when you can step back a bit and look at it, you know, that's where especially a manager or, or an entrepreneur needs to be, need to be looking at the business, at the model, and how can we, how can we uh, grow up more as opposed to being stuck in the trenches? And there's times when, when you have to be in the trenches. You know, I spent I spent years and years and years in there. And I, I, if things get busy, I go back in now again. And I'm lucky to be able to go back in and cook. Yeah. Um, but it's not it's not where my time is, is, is most valuable, I suppose. Yeah. And how far into, like, how long had you been doing things before you decided, okay, now I need to take some people on, like? Um, we had just gotten our production kitchen in Bally Simon. So... Right. We built it up. I suppose, yeah, I, I, I was cooking at home, dancing around man with pots and pans, getting up early in the kitchen. Um, and then it got to a stage where we were doing, you know, we were doing pretty big volume, like maybe 60, 70 meals. Um, and, like, you know, it gets to a stage, I probably shouldn't say this, like, or it's not correctly right, like, but it wasn't HSE approved, like. Okay. It, and I actually brought out, I brought out the HSE inspector once to the kitchen, like, and she was just like, no, you cannot do it from here. She's like, your kitchen's too small. You don't have cooling rooms. Uh, and so then that was kind of when we were like, okay, lads, if we need to keep going or grow, 
we have to leave this kitchen like it's getting too small um not that it's not safe like but it, it's just not it's you couldn't grow in that environment it's yeah. like anything else I, I always I, and again i say this to there's a lot of home bakers and, and these new kind of food companies that are, that are opening up and i i say to everyone start from home you know forget the forget the red tape for a while and just get out find your feet from your home kitchen and then when the volume comes then look at leasing out spaces or, or, or getting a kitchen but we 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 transitioned from that where we we got some big orders and college was was always where we targeted when i was in college so like study week would always be a really busy week for us students were crazy studying cram and never cooked so we would offer like a deal uh, in hindsight i don't ever made a, a cent off it because it was too cheap it was just this really elusive like five dinners five protein bars five drinks for 20 euro i never did the mats i was like that's really cheap that'd be great and it got a huge hype uh if i'd done the mats it probably wouldn't have made sense but like we would get tons of orders for that uh so in those periods we would rent uh kitchens in restaurants in their off hours so i remember i reached out, I reached out to a restaurant limerick and asked could i go into their kitchen at night time so they finished up production at like 11, closed the restaurant. We went in at 12 o'clock at night, cooked all night, and we were gone at like 6 a.m. before their kitchen staff came back in. So we utilized off off our kitchens for a while. And then, it, and then I suppose that was the biggest pinch point then. It was like, are we going to do this um, and invest in a kitchen and, and make a go at this? I was 18, maybe 17, 18 at the time. I was in third year in college, fourth year in college. And I was like, yeah, go on, we'll do it. So we, we eventually, it took months and months and months, but we finally found a space in Bally Simon, kitted out a kitchen, got our own kitchen. And that was then when I brought in our first chef. Um, we, you know, we, we, we had volume to go into. We already had pre-existing orders. Um, and it was scary. It was a case of like, okay, man, like you can start work on Monday and I hope to God there's orders there for you to cook. Uh, and that was always the fear. It was like, I, my, I would lay awake at night being like, Oh, how, I, have, I might have to text this man on Monday being like, sorry man, no orders, no cooking today. But um, touch wood, there was always orders, there was always stuff to do. It seems like, you know, like you were saying there, how you decided to rent out um, like restaurant kitchens and stuff. Like it seems like you have a good handle on like business and stuff, even though you didn't do it in college. Like where did that, do, did you pick that up just kind of like by yourself or did you, because I think a lot of people, they have an idea to start a business. But then they don't actually know anything about the business side of things or how to go about reaching out to people and stuff. Yeah, I had no pre-existing experience or, or never studied it. Um, I, I suppose I actively studied it myself via YouTube and I read books. And I, I, I suppose in hindsight, I probably was entrepreneurial always. You know, I always was trying starting up little side businesses when I was younger. I, I used to sell turkeys at home for Christmas. I used to sell fake IDs in school. I was always <laughs> making money on the side. Uh, and in hindsight, I mean, that probably is, a, there is an yeah. entrepreneurial trait there in people. And then yeah, I suppose when it came to that, I've I've always been very good at, at reaching out to people and networking. Um, so when I realized, okay, this is what I want to do, it was a case of who's doing this, who's doing it well, who can I speak to? And I just reached out to absolutely everyone. I went to every networking event, every event that I was allowed to go to, I went to with business cards, with questions. Um, I would get the emails of people. I would email them questions. I, I asked everyone, anyone for help. Um, and that's a huge part. And that's something that people are, are afraid to do is, is ask for help. When, you know, in reality, it's for five minutes of people's time. People are very generous. Like they, they will always help. And they're never threatened by 
an 18, 19 year old fellow who wants to start a food business, you know, that's not going to be a threat for a multi-million food business themselves. And so they'll always be willing to give a, a helping hand. Um, so I was really good for that. I would always go to events. I would ask people, I would meet people. I would, I would reach out to people, ask them questions. And then I would do, I suppose, research in my own time and then trial and error. I made so many mistakes and, and you know, a huge part of it was, let's try this. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll learn from it and we'll go again. Um, so it was a combination of all those things. I got really lucky, you know, I met some amazing people that were, that were advice mentors to me. Um, so, you know, I could always pick up the phone and, and, and ring them and ask for their help. And, you know, other than that, then it was just, it was just exciting and, you know, keep going, keep trying, keep failing. And then, you know, from every failure, from every setback, we learned from that and we, we corrected it and went again. Um, and, 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 you know, I credit the fact that I enjoyed it so much is the reason that I was able to continue to keep doing it. Um, I think if you don't love it, like or if you don't really enjoy it, those consistent setbacks would deter you. But I was like, no, fuck it, it's grand, let's just go again. Uh, and then you keep going and you keep going. And, and then, you know, eventually you'll start, you'll start doing it right, you know. It might take you might take one mistake or I might take a thousand mistakes, but the more you do it, the more mistakes you make, the more you learn, and uh, and then you find your business model, you find your your niche. Yeah, and putting yourself out there like is such a tough part, I think, of like business stuff, and especially with social media. Did you find like when you started doing this, and were like kind of putting yourself out there and building your Instagram and your food blog and stuff, like did you feel a bit nervous about oh like what are people going to think of me or like that kind of small town mindset like? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, no, I'm lucky. I've always been, I've always been a, a chatty person. So, you know, public speaking was always my strong point. That's why I was able to stay in college and pass my degrees because I could talk and talk. I was a terrible engineer, but when, <laughs> but I was a much better talker and presenter than most people there. So when it came to the presentations, I could put on the jazz hands. I could talk. I could say all these figures. Where I didn't really know what I was talking about, but I was able to fool people and, and, and convince them um, but absolutely I, I, I had I was talking to someone recently like when I started my YouTube channel it must have been it must have been six years ago um, I remember I made the video and it was only like this 30 second clip of like how to lose weight it's just like it's so ridiculous and it's terribly terribly edited and it's, it's a horrible video it's still there I, I don't delete it to haunt me um, but it took me months to post that. I was literally terrified. I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to think that I've lost my mind. Um, but I did eventually. And, and again, I suppose I did because I knew that, okay, this is what I need to do to keep progressing. You know, if you look at the, the people who I want to be, which were the likes of like Jamie Oliver's and the Gordon Ramsay's, you know, they were so active on social media. And, and even for me, like YouTube in particular, that was practice for me to speak on camera. Uh, and now my job is 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 on TV. My job is speaking on camera. But I, I I honestly do credit a lot of my early YouTube days to being comfortable, to making mistakes, to you know being able to talk to camera and cook and 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 just find that flow. Uh, and that took literally months and years of work on YouTube. Um, and always there was always butterflies in my stomach before I posted. I remember I posted it and then closed my laptop and went to bed. I literally had, I was sick to my stomach. Um, but like I woke up and there was nice comments and people me saying like, "Oh, keep it going." Um, so I've I've been really lucky in that regard. Where I've always had you know good support and and um, the more you do it, the better you get and the more confidence you get. So now like I I talk to my camera 
for a living like i would do it i would talk to this wall if it would if it would listen to me um but again i've been doing this for five years you know five six years of just consistent talking consistent hearing my own voice um and then you know it's it wasn't it, it looked as though when i when i got on tv i was 21 or 22 and it was kind of like geez he's really good speaker for his age but you know in reality i had been talking on camera for the last four years yeah. So I was just con continuously building up to this point and, and I was at the right place at the right time with, with enough experience. Um, and then, you know, my own personality trait worked well then. Like, I, I wouldn't be very nervous or I'm a good public speaker anyway. Um, so it just worked out well. But there always was that kind of small village mentality and, and, and you know, the fear of what people will say. But again, I kind of come back to, I knew it was what I wanted to do. I knew I enjoyed it. I knew it was what I needed to do to keep progressing uh and then you know listen if, if people support you great if they don't then let them off and, and and you know so long as i'm proactively trying to improve and continue and grow then that's all that matters you know people's opinions then are, are only just your own hearsay yeah um speaking of your youtube actually i did my erasmus in malta and when i was looking up videos in malta <laughs> i actually watched some of yours <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's still my most my most viewed video to this day it really? drives I have like, uh, an editor and videographer, Mark, who's fantastic, but, but like he'd always be on the analytics side of things and experience living off that that's the name of the video. And it has over like a hundred thousand views. Uh, and it's still to this day, it's still one of the most popular videos on my channel and it keeps getting views. And every, every week, maybe every second week, I will get emails from people who looking to move to Malta asking for advice. It just, <laughs> I, I, I cannot escape it. I can't get away from it. But that's the, that's the power of the platform, you know, and, and yeah. that's what I've always said, you know, it, it, YouTube in particular, but all social media, like it's such this incredible, powerful platform where you, you connect with people from around the world. But, you know, one video like that can change everything. Uh, and, you know, it grows a brand. It, 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 it's, it facilitates all of this inquiries. Uh, now, unfortunately, that one isn't related to food; it's related to Malta. But still, it's still it's still a it's a good example of, of what can happen. You know, how did you get on Malta? How did you find it? I loved it, except it was last year, so I had to come home early because of COVID. Oh um, shit! Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of shite in that sense. But I'll definitely go back. It's such a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is smashing, smashing place. It's so nice. Um. As I, at what point did you start your food blog as well? Because that's another kind of part of the whole. Um, I'd say first year in college. I, I wouldn't have called it a food blog back then. That was probably, and to be honest, it was just, it went from being my personal Instagram page to me posting stuff about training um, and, and more so health and fitness. Now, there was bits of food in there. Uh, and when I realized the food was doing well, I focused more on that. But it was more like training videos and videos of me in the gym. And then maybe a recipe uh, and the recipe would get loads of feedback and i was like okay this we should probably do more food stuff and i was kind of sick in that time i was like geez i want to be i want people to notice the training more but it was like everyone wants to know the food uh, and in hindsight it's great because you know there was very few male food well not male food bloggers but male people doing the food niche as opposed to there's loads of pts and loads of health and fitness professionals um but there wasn't that many cooks or chefs or or, or you know people doing what i was doing so you know i i got an early kick into that niche um and then yeah i just literally was super consistent i i, I said a thing for myself because we post every day every day we post on instagram doesn't matter what it is we just need to just rack up content and content and content so i'd say for a year and a half i posted every single day um and just continuously 
fed this brand and this idea and this image, you know, that, oh yeah, I'm the food fella. That was always the thing. It was like, we need to keep posting until if you ask anyone in Limerick or Ireland or wherever, hopefully in years to come, you know, a food question, my name is brought up. And that's eventually, you know, what it did come to when anywhere in Limerick, like if you had a cooking question, you know, my, my, my name will be mentioned. So it was like, oh, that fella from Limerick or a fella from Palace Kennery, he makes meals. And that's how it starts. You know, it's just really small. And because Ireland is so small, you can do that. And people are chatty and nosy and they talk a lot. That's how you, you, you kind of grow that name and that image. So yeah, I was super consistent. Quality wasn't good. If you look back on it, it's 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 horrible in comparison to what we do now. It was all on my iPhone. Everything was shot on my iPhone. Um, but regardless, it was a case of like show up every day, post every day, become known for the food stuff, and then you know let it snowball from there. Yeah, and like they say, when you are starting a business, that consistency is key. And it seems like you really like mm. mastered that. Was that down to kind of just like determination? You were just like, I'm doing this. Like I'm going to stick with this every day. Yeah, I, I, I would be pretty regimented myself. Um, that's just who I am. Like, I'm, I'm a kind of creature of habit. Like, training was a huge part of my life. You know, I, I trained every day. I studied every day. And then it was a case of, like, this is another thing that we do every day. Like, it was a non-negotiable. It was like, we post on Instagram. It, we get a recipe. We get a photo. It doesn't matter what it is. This is part of the job now is content. Um, so, yeah. And then once you get into that routine, uh, the biggest thing, like, it's, it's, you're, it's nearly kind of, short-term gratification when people like the photo and they like the recipe then it's easy to keep posting you know there's days when you might post a, a recipe and it gets no comments or no views still to this day you know we post stuff where it just won't get a good reaction um so then you know you need to have the awareness to be like okay grand forget it we go again and we post tomorrow you know whereas people would be like oh people don't like this let's just stop posting um whereas for well, for me in particular it was like doesn't matter doesn't matter if no one's watching and no one was watching it's really important like in those early youtube videos they got really no views like it might have gotten 20 views but it didn't matter like it was like we do we post youtube every week um and for me the, the logic behind that was like in four years time we will have this huge library of data you know we'll have youtube videos we'll have an instagram page with loads of recipes um and that's where value is brought then Whereas if you, if you click onto a person's page and you only have four recipes, you're slightly hesitant to follow them or, or to join, you know, join their, their tribe, whatever you, you, you think. Whereas if you click on and they have thousands of recipes, they have like a, a book, then you're way more inclined to, to subscribe to them or follow them or whatever it is. So, you know, that was the idea. That was the idea of just, you know, forget about the short-term gratification. It doesn't matter if no one's watching. Um, it's all for this long-term goal of, of having this arsenal and having this database of recipes. And, and thankfully, Touchwood, you know, that's what we did. It was just show up every day, keep posting, and eventually they will come. And uh, they came. <laughs> yeah, I to a degree, to a degree. Yeah, you must have been very disciplined, though, in college, because, like, Joe having to get up for those early mornings and, like, I assume mm. going out and, like, drinking and then college and stuff, like, you must have just had to have a lot of discipline, like, to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. I think I think sports helped a lot with that. Um, I was really involved in sports, so you know that gives discipline to a certain degree. But I, I would have been, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I never, I never say I, I wouldn't because um, it was it was early mornings, it was late nights, um, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't this kind of goal of, of the business, or if I didn't know, 
I suppose like see the light at the end of the tunnel. I kind of saw the potential there. And I enjoyed it so much. And I was like, geez, it would be class if I could do this full time. So I was like, that kind of justifies getting up with the four or five a.m. in the morning. Uh, and, and I don't do that anymore, thankfully. You know, I think people have this perception where you have to get up early. Uh, and I kind of was at the time. I think I was kind of, you know, this kind of, I think there is this kind of mentality of like, oh, you need to grind, you need to work 20 hours a day, like to start a business. And you don't really like, to be honest, I, I, now I, I prioritize sleep far more than I do, you know, getting up at 6 a.m. and working or working out. Um, but at the time, you know, that's what I needed to do. Um, so, you know, everything comes in phases, but I, 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 I do accredit a lot of the discipline to sports. You know, I didn't drink that much anyway when I was in college because I was training so much. And then when the business came in, you know, I treated that like anything. I treated that like sport. You know, that was, this is what we do now. This is, this is training is posting every day. There was a good level of discipline there, that, that, but that, that's, that's learned over time. Um, it's not a case where you just set a goal being like, okay, every day now I get up 6 a.m. It's like small incremental changes. Uh, and for me, it was, you know, like things like making lists and diaries and, you know, the night before making to-do lists. And that makes it really easy to get out of bed then. But uh, I've always found like if I don't have a purpose to get up, then I won't get up or, or I won't be as disciplined. Whereas, you know, back then it was really, Obviously, I was like, okay, I have to get up at six to do this, this, and this. And that's grand. I jump out of bed to do it. Whereas nowadays, like, if I don't have to get up, I won't. I'll stay in bed for another hour or two. So I, I, I'd like for people to get away from this idea of, like, you have to be this around-the-clock grind and this, you know, work ethic. Whereas that plays a very detrimental toll to your mental health and, and, and everything in the end because you're just constantly going. You're constantly working. Um and oftentimes in the early days, it's not rewarding. So, you know, it can be discouraging then. So nowadays I'm far more vocal on the point. So be organized and know what you have to do, but make time to go training, make time to meet your friends, to walk your dog. And that's stuff that I didn't do back then. That's, you know, that's what I did wrong was I overcommitted to everything. And I was like, forget about meeting up with the last, forget about going drinking, forget about socializing. This is what we do now. Uh, and that worked for me, but, you know, to, to my demise and sometimes too, where I burnt out or I was, um, you know, you, you can often do so much where you just become unproductive in a certain degree. So, you yeah. know, I, I don't promote that as much as I promote finding a, a sustainable approach that's, that's efficient and organized, um, but also lets you live your life too. Yeah. And how has the last year been for you? The last year and a half, I suppose, with the pandemic? How has that affected your work? It, it's been crazy, um, to say the least. Like wh When it was coming in, we didn't know, I suppose, when it was just starting, it's the start of the pandemic. Um, we didn't know what would happen. And it was a case of, you know, woke up on a Monday morning and, and the business was closed. Uh, gyms were closed, stockings were closed, cafes were closed, restaurants were closed. Uh, and we would, we would, you know, send meals out to all those people and players. So, you know, it was a case of day one, okay, the business is, we don't, we can't open the kitchen today. We have no customers. Um, I did, I never really panicked, to be honest, because I'm lucky we have a kitchen, um, but a lot of our stuff is is done online, our online store, and granted the stock points were closed, but at back then it was just like closed for the foreseeable future. And we didn't have massive overheads. You know, I don't have a restaurant with 40 seats. I don't have 20 staff. 
Um, you know, we had three or four staff. We have a kitchen that we can just turn the key and close for a while. Um, and granted, you know, we can we can keep some bit of the business open, the online orders to keep, you know, paying rent and paying the rates. But it was it was bizarre time. To be honest with you, I took the break. I, I had been going for about a year and a half nonstop up until the pandemic with like maybe a week block of holidays once throughout the year or I suppose mid two or three times of the year. But when it came, I was like, you know what? I actually might take the month off or I might take a couple of weeks off because, you know, I'm never going to get this chance again. And um, again, I was in a fortunate position where I wasn't crunched with overheads. It was like, grand, we can just relax for a minute. Um, but to be honest, we didn't last long. Other avenues opened up for us. And, and again, it comes back to my own personal trade. We were very proactive and be like, okay, what can we do? So if we can't do this, what can we do? Um, and, you know, my, a lot of, Country Munch is my business and I run and manage that, but my own brand is is also a business. There's two kind of businesses where my own brand is, is the demos and the cookery school and, and the TV work and, and brand work with social media. Uh, and that's separate to Country Munch. So this side of things really kicked off. Uh, I think businesses really started to push digital marketing. So I started getting tons of contracts to do social media work and, and brand ambassador work. Um, TV kept going, thank God all cooking demos went virtual. Um, so then it was a case where we had a virtual event to offer uh, and people and corporates were looking for that. So we got incredibly busy with my own side of things. Um, Country Munch slowed down, which was fine. Um, and that allowed me to have the time to grow my own brand. So, you know, if you looked over the space of the year, my own brand has grown exponentially, uh, be it, you know, numbers on, on, on social media and, and just media work in general it's been a skyrocket of a year and it's been fantastic. Um, and so again, I'm very fortunate and I, I, I will keep saying that like we were just in the right place at the right time and we had the right product, but we were very proactive in finding a way to keep going. I suppose I could have very easily just sat back and waited for stuff to reopen, but it was a case of like grand, if we can't do, do physical events, we'll build a studio and we'll do virtual events. So that's what we did. We built the studio in Limerick, we shoot all our virtual events there. And then once we built that, we increase our virtual events times four because then we could offer that. Um, so it was very much a case of like very spur of the moment. And, and it was kind of like going back to a startup again. It was like starting from scratch again. Uh, and it was, you know, it's exciting for the first time in a long time. So overall, I've been very fortunate. I've had quite a good year, um, both business-wise and growth. Um, as opposed to other businesses that you know are forced to close and are forced to wait, and there's no real light at the end of the tunnel so far. Um, you know, I, I, I do really sympathise with them, but thankfully, you know, and I say this now, I, I'm very grateful and fortunate that things have been quite good, and it's been and it's been as busy a year as I've had since I've started. I would say it's not the busiest year I've had ever. That's great. Um, I imagine getting the rule on the six o'clock show, that must have been like very exciting. How did that come about? Yeah, it was. It was That was kind of like the goal for a long time and it came much sooner than I thought it would. I suppose like if I had a five to ten year plan, you know, had get get a get a break on TV would, would have been that, but I, like within probably six months. Um, and again, it was just, I think, right place at the right time. They were looking for a chef. My name was put forward. I did some... Um, I did some trials with them. I do auditions, 
Uh, and again, it was a case of like, I had done so much talking on camera. I was super com comfortable in the kitchen. Obviously I was nervous with the trials now. Again, it was kind of my first time in, in, a, in a TV setting. Um, but they went really well and I got some trials on live TV and they went well and then, you know, I got kept on as a, as a resident chef, as a roster. So I've been there now coming up on two years uh, and I love it. It's, it's uh, out of everything that I do, it's my favorite part of the job. Um, just because, you know, it's, it's my, my favorite thing to do is talk and cook and I get to do that live in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of people. So, um, you know, for the future, that was always the goal and the aim is to push media to, to stay front and center on, on, on a TV screen. So, um, yeah, it was surreal and, and uh, it was nerve wracking for the first few times. But again, you just kind of have to back yourself and be like, listen, this is what I do. I know I'm good at this. Um, and again, you know, as I said there, there wasn't many young male chefs coming through. There, obviously there's a few, there's a few, or there's plenty of phenomenal chefs. But what I do isn't necessarily cooking. It's, it's, it's demonstrating, it's, it's talking and it's, showing how to cook a meal as opposed to actually cooking food in an in in industrial kitchen. So it's very different, you know. My my communication skills have to be better, nearly better than my cooking skills because it's all well and good cooking a nice dish, but no one tastes on TV. So you have to see it and you have to understand it. Um, so, you know, so that, you know, that's the difference with TV stuff. And, and that's where my strong suits were. So I think that's why it works so well and, and why it gathered up so much pace uh, initially. Yeah. One of the things that like kind of strikes me most about your story and your success is how kind of like you weren't really first of all like you know you kind of fell into cooking it wasn't something you were chasing after and like even there you kind of said you would have thought that going on TV would have been something that would have been kind of down the line for you but it kind of came to you earlier would you be someone mm -hmm. who believes like what's for you won't pass you kind of that if it's kind of meant yeah. to happen like yeah, very much so. Very, very much so. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer of, of everything happens for a reason. Um, and and yeah, I, I do, I do subscribe to that. But I would also say that I very much actively seek out the things that I want to do. So I was actively seeking TV work. You know, I was, I was, I was in their emails when I got even a sniff of it. Then I was like, "There's no way I'm letting this go." You know, it, when, as soon as they made the inquiry, I was like. I am getting up into that studio. It doesn't matter how, who I have to talk to. Um, and it's the same with business. You know, if, if an opportunity comes up, like I'm the first person in line and I'm the one making the calls or I'm the one texting or I'm the one emailing. So I, I am a huge believer in, in you know, I, I think, you know, dare I say like the harder you work, the luckier you get. And I've been super lucky, um, but I've worked very hard and, and, and I always, I never sit back and wait for it. I'll always be very proactive in you know seeking it out or what's the next step or if this is where we want to be you know how do we get there let's not just sit and hope they call let's make sure they know our name and and they you know give them no give them no excuse or give them no reason not to pick us um so there is there is a blend of both you know i do think you do need some good luck and good fortune yeah i kind but, of would think the same you, you, yeah, yeah you, you 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 tend to put yourself in these scenarios you know if, if you're doing it right you know you you make sure that you know you're you're in you you are where you are when you're picked, you know, and, and then if you're picked, then you know that that often might be the look look at the draw. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of I don't know if you know the podcast. It's how I built this with Guy Raz. It's like he yes, talks yeah. different. Yeah, well, Joe, you know, he always finishes the podcast by asking how much of your success do you attribute to luck, and how much would you say is to hard work. Mm. Like, what would be? Your, some people think it's all luck. Other people, you've kind of answered it there, but. 
think it's an interesting like if you were to ask me i always say like i'm so lucky but you know if you were to really look at this i'm 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 lucky because i've put myself in scenarios through <laughs> what i've done and how i've worked so i i again i i would like to think that i'm i'm quite um um humble to a certain degree like and, and i'm oh no i should say but i'm very grateful for everything that i have i take nothing for granted um and i would always say like oh geez i, I have been very fortunate and i have been very fortunate it doesn't matter what people say or, or like make sure you make your own look i have been very lucky i've gotten some great breaks and i've been in the right place at the right time and i've met the right people that have opened up doors for me um but again you know it, it just comes back to I wouldn't have been in that scenario if I hadn't yeah. have made if I didn't have the cop on in college to say like we should give this a go. Or if I if I had said no to that fella who asked me to cook ten meals or five meals from back in first year, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um so I think, you know, your story and, and you whatever your legacy is, like it's these small little increments of chapters and, and moments where you say, like, yeah, we'll do it. I know usually I even know myself now, I've done it so much, when something is kind of scary or something gives me butterflies, it's usually a good sign. It's usually like, I've felt this in the past, when I said yes, something good came from it. Um, so then, you know, my job now is to kind of keep finding things that provokes that in me. Uh, you know, if, if I'm comfortable, then not, not, not much will grow. You know, I kind of need to be continuously pushing the boundary or getting out of my comfort zone or finding the next thing, you know. Um, I'm, never, I'm never that happy to just kind of sit back and relax. It kind of it's I suppose that's to my detriment. I want to continuously keep going and get bigger and grow and I suppose make bring more value. And to finish off, is there any piece of advice you'd give to any entrepreneurs who want to start a business or um the biggest thing is 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 make a start. I I, I get so many messages and i encourage it and and every podcast or interview i do i i leave with a piece of if i can help you please reach out to me uh and I'm, and i was very lucky to reach out to people and they helped me so I, I i return that favor now so if i can help or if i can give advice please reach out to me but the one piece i always do give then is is just make the start um you know people have these phenomenal ideas and, and goals and are creative but they'll never put pen to paper or they'll never start and that's where, you know, 80% of the people fall down is that they'll spend a year working on a business plan or working on something, a business, but they'll never start it. You know, there's always, oh, no, I need this first or I need to make sure I have this or I need to wait until this happens. So, my, you know, my piece of advice is and always will be like, you know, make a start, however small it is. Make an Instagram page, make, uh, you know, start the social media, start the subscriber list. If it's a food thing, starting a, a small stall in, in the milk market or, or a local stall and test your product um you know start start on social media start talking to people start asking people that's the biggest thing is is just start make make an initial inlet and then as you start it will grow and, and you learn so much more from physically doing it than you ever will from planning and writing business plans and and researching um you know, papers or, or, or other business plans, you know, I, I do think the best experience is, is the hands-on stuff and that's where you learn the most. And, and that's, to be honest, that's when you learn if you like it or not. Like if I, I could have wrote down and planned the food business for six years and never sold the meal, whereas I was the opposite. I was like, don't mind all that, let's just start cooking and let's just start getting people uh, and let's go to the stall and, and we bring surveys and like, do you like the food? How much would you pay? Uh, what would you like to see? 
and we just kept doing that and and early on i learned that this is, i like this i enjoy this so i'm going to keep doing it we learned what worked and what didn't work um and then through trial and error you know we we learned okay we're not a catering company we're a meal prep company uh, and we might try a product here okay, okay we can't, that's not a good product that's not for us we don't do that anymore so then you just you continuously find your niche and you find what you're good at uh but that comes from starting and that comes from biting the bullet and having the the confidence and and the and the the ability to back yourself to, to start so that's always like level one that's what i always say you know plans and and ideas are fantastic put into fruition try and get some proof that it works and then you know go to town on your business plans and all your your data and all that kind of stuff um you know and 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 suppose number two to build out that thing is, is you know make sure you enjoy it i think people have this idea that they'd like to just be an entrepreneur they'd like to own a business because of the freedom or not it's not as it's not as good as people think you know it's not a case where you can just sit back and relax i probably work more hours than most people um i don't have a guaranteed salary i don't i don't have the comforts of a corporate or you know what you may offer those incentives like pensions and healthcare that doesn't come with the job when you're self-employed i could lose everything tomorrow and i could start from scratch so there's a huge amount of risk involved too so you have to enjoy it um that's a huge part you know it has to be something you're passionate about and to be honest if you're not it most likely won't work you know you'll either you'll bow out early when things things go wrong um or it just won't it won't take it won't gather legs you know um but again you learn all that from from when you start and when you when you put in some initial effort that's actually all the questions um thanks so much for coming on and it was great to have you on my pleasure my pleasure thank you for having me as always thank you very much for tuning in we hope you enjoyed this one don't forget to follow us on instagram and share this with friends and family who might enjoy it catch you in the next one